Hello and welcome to the Conrad Life Report for Thursday, July 21st, 2022. It is a very hot and steamy day um, in <laughs> by the window here in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. It's thankfully not so steamy inside, but it is very steamy outside. I think it's a real feel of, feels like 100 and it's 90 something. Uh, shuttling Oliver between camps, uh, my shirt literally got soaked earlier like literally soaked so I had to change when I got home it's a uh, pretty gross out so anyway but we've actually had a nice summer up until <laughs> this week I would say but yeah it's been um, a few weeks three and a half weeks since the last uh, report so um, a lot to catch up on well at the end of last month uh, had my birthday which was a lot of fun um, and a couple of things happened one is on my birthday we had a family dinner in the backyard which included Julie and Oliver and I and also the family upstairs. We ordered um, food from Gersi, which is the great Italian restaurant on the corner. And uh, actually not the one. On, the one on the corner is called Social. Gersi is like one door down from um, Social, And uh, a little better, if you ask me. But we ordered food and sat in the backyard, and it was um, really nice. Um, so, and then oh, we did a thing the night before, too. I had some, uh, just a couple people right around here come over um my bandmate mike phillips came over uh my friends uh pete and Kara and their kids archer and ramona came over and also eric and debbie and soon to be five-year-old margo came over so that was uh, a lot of fun um just like very low-key and uh really great but yeah that dinner on my birthday was just so nice and i hope i can do that every year so anyway but then we didn't go away for the 4th of July, which is uh, fine. Wait, did we? No, we did not. I can't even remember. Um, we did go to Socrates somewhere. I'll get I'll get to that. Anyway, um, so getting back to everything. Yeah, it's been hot. School ended. I think school was ending the day that the last the last episode. But uh, school has ended. Oliver has started camp and um, it has gone pretty well so far he does two camps he does a camp at his school in the morning and then he goes to another camp in the afternoon here in the neighborhood and so there's a shuttling between camps um but yeah it's going well and then he'll probably do a little bit of camp stuff in august but august is is um more just like take it easy and just kind of uh be bored for a while which i think is okay um oh and he's gonna take swim lessons in next month so there's that so he's doing okay um let's see we had the birthday dinner the birthday hang we got new neighbors uh sadly our beloved next door neighbors moved out um a few weeks ago um and new neighbors moved in and they are nice so far so fingers crossed they are just a couple with a um two-year-old girl so very nice no loud parties from them i'm assuming <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm guessing they are hoping we don't have any loud parties either, which we won't. Um, although I wonder if they will find out that I have drums in the basement. The previous neighbors claim they never knew we had drums, which is a good sign. Um, so anyway, yeah. So what else has been going on? We been going in the office a couple days a week. Very hot commutes. Oh, uh, I stuck around after work on july 7th because um 
my friend Scott from the National was doing a interview book reading thing at the Rough Trade store across the street from my office with uh, <clears throat> this guy, Ryan Pinkard, who wrote that book about the 33 and a third, you know, those little 33 and a third books for Boxer, the album Boxer. And um, Scott was there and also Peter Cadis, who produced the album. And Peter is a very funny, <laughs> very funny, lively person. And Scott is very low key. And they made for a great sort of like team doing this like joint interview reading thing. Uh, so that was fun. And it was interesting to be in Midtown late after work, you know. Uh, but it wasn't wasn't that bad. And before their reading, I went to other half, the Midtown other half at Rockefeller Center with Scott and also our friend Justin, and that was a lot of fun. So <clears throat> that was a thing I did. Uh, let's see that weekend, which I guess was the weekend of July tenth ish. Uh, Oliver and I, just the two of us, went to the Bronx. Uh, Julie went to Philadelphia for the day to visit friends and Oliver and I drove up to the Bronx to I've mentioned in the podcast before but 239 play which is this incredible used antique basically toy store uh, on City Island in the Bronx and the reason we went is because Oliver has really gotten into the Simpsons as I think I've mentioned and he wants toys but since the Simpsons are not like you know current there, there aren't like toys you can just easily find at Target, for example. So we thought we needed to go find used toys. And I had mentioned a, an episode or two back that I think I'd mentioned that our friends Pete and Kara and Archer and Ramona found, they went to the same store and they, by my, by my uh, humble request, they, they found some Simpsons stuff that they brought back a Homer and a, a Maggie and a Rod and a Todd, little plastic figures. And we went up, and Oliver and I found this kind of tall, like, 8-inch tall Marge from the 90s for 15 bucks, And it turned, it had a tag on it. It turns out it came free with a Burger King meal, which is crazy. Uh, but he also found a couple of other things, a Bart. And I bought a couple of uh, TDK SA90 blank tapes, um, like, unused, that were still wrapped, just for the fun of it. Uh, and then... When we were leaving City Island and driving through, I guess it's Pelham Park, Pelham Bay Park, back to the highway, we passed Turtle Cove Golf Center, driving range and batting cages and mini golf, and Oliver really wanted to go. And I was like, you want to go now? And he's like, yeah. And we had already passed it. So, And since it's it's all like roundabouts and park roads there, there was no way to turn around until we got to the highway. I got on the highway and literally cloverleafed right off the highway. And we went back and we played mini golf. And it was really fun and very hot. So we, Oliver and I played 18 holes of mini golf at Turtle Cove in the Bronx. And then came home. Great night. Uh, great day. And then the next day, so for a couple of weeks, I've been trying to get Julie and Oliver to go to the beach, to go to like Rockaway, to Jacob Reese. Um, and they have been not wanting to go. So I said, I'm going to the beach. I'm dying to go swimming in the ocean. And they said, go. So... On the Sunday morning, probably left around 11.30, I went to the beach by myself. Uh, it took about 25 minutes to get down there. There was no traffic. There was no line to get in except for like three cars worth of people paying, which if you've ever been to Jacob Reese, you know that sometimes you could be in that roundabout and la line to get in and pay for parking for like 20, 20 30, 40 minutes. So no line. I, for, I brought a beach chair, a bag, uh, 
some seltzers, uh, everything except a towel. I literally forgot a towel. So, but I had my beach chair. So I sat for a half an hour on, in the sand. Then I went swimming for half an hour. And then I came back into sort of air dried and sun dried in the chair and then was dry enough to drive home and drove just surface streets all the way through, uh, up through Flatbush, um, Flatbush, like Bed-Stuy-ish, and then went to Wegmans, and then came home. Great day. And then Julie and Oliver weren't home when I got home after Wegmans, so I put away the groceries, I took a shower, and uh, went and met my friend Greg and Lauren at Bar Great Harry. And then, later that night, went to a show. So here's the show I went to. Uh, Flower, which features members of Verses, uh, and the Martha Vineyard Martha's Vineyard Fairies, which features... Bob Weston from Shellac, um, Chris Brokaw from the bands Codeine and Come and many other things, and another guy who I can't remember right now. But they were great. <clears throat> Went with Pete uh, because he is the label guy, Ernest Jennings, for these artists. And it was a free show at this incredible place called Mama Tried, which is in, I guess it's technically in Greenwood Heights. People say it's in Sunset Park, but I don't think it's actually south enough to be in Sunset Park. It's like 27th and 3rd Avenue, right basically across the street from being underneath the BQE there. Uh, free show, Sunday night, incredible place, Mama Tried. Uh, went down there with um, my friend Eric, and then Howard met us too, and some other familiar faces were there. Really great night. And then at the end of the night, four of us took a cab back, a car back to the neighborhood, and I had selected Bar Great Harry because it, as a drop-off point because it was sort of central for all of us. But of course, that meant we got a drink there. So very light, late night, especially for me, but um, well worth it. So yeah, Flowers, great, great band, and Martha's Vineyard Fairies were great too. And I guess this was their first show in New York in two or three years, and it seems like. They haven't played many shows, period, but they were fantastic. You should check them out and buy them on Ernest Jennings or go to the band camp and listen. Um, so that week, we're now getting up to like last week now. So went into the office a couple of times, and I'd say the highlight of last week uh, was um, the fact that this guy, David Lemieux, was in town. So David Lemieux... Um, the Deadheads may recognize his name. He is the archivist, official archivist, um, <laughs> and some may know him also as the uh, brand legacy manager for the Grateful Dead. And he's worked for the Grateful Dead since 1999, um, first assisting Dick Latvala, uh, who, of course, was the first archivist and was Dick's Picks, that guy. And then Dave, of course, has been doing stuff ever since. And if you know Dave's Picks by the Grateful Dead, uh, he's Dave. And he also puts together all the archival re-releases, the box sets, etc. So he lives in Victoria, B.C. and doesn't come down here much. And I saw that he was in town via a post he did on Twitter, just taking a picture of a restaurant in Midtown. I was like, huh. And I found out that he was a little busy while he was here, but I sent him a note and I just said, hey, I know you're here with family, but if you're walking by uh, 48th and 6th, I'll be in the office. Let's say hi on the street. Um, and he and I have like communicate and we're internet friends. So it wasn't just some random thing, but he wrote back right away. He's like, see you in an hour. It's like, fantastic. 
So I met David Lemieux and his daughter, and David's a good friend also here from uh, Vancouver Island, and it was just great. We talked for 15 minutes um, under, like, right at the front door of Radio City under the um, marquee, and what a great dude. Very positive. Um, If you've seen him speak um, on his YouTube videos, or I guess he also hosts The Daily Show on the Grateful Dead channel on Sirius XM. Anyway, great, great guy. So it was fun to meet David, and he said he'll be back in New York soon, and I hope so. I think apparently his daughter is in love with New York, which I get, (laughs) so hopefully they'll be back. And then continuing on Grateful Dead-related matters, the Dead & Company uh, (laughs) shows happened this past weekend at City Field. So I had friends in from out of town for this, and if you'll recall that I I went to Boulder, last month and i went to see dead and company there and in boulder i stayed with my college uh friend slash roommate jason we were a roommate we were on the same hall freshman year at the university of michigan in east quad and then uh we lived together on south forest avenue between hill and oakland in ann arbor uh sophomore year and uh, anyway he is he moved to boulder after college and he's just an outdoorsy bike rider workout dude and he went to CU law school and is a lawyer down in Boulder so anyway I I talked all about Boulder last time so anyway Jason flew into New York though for these shows and also our friend uh, Nate flew in from Ann Arbor also a college friend we were all deadhead college friends and uh, so it was just like the most magical weekend to to hang out with them Uh, it was fun to catch up but also there was a level of comfort where we didn't have to, it, it was never awkward. We didn't have to try to think of things to talk about or this or that. Like on Saturday, they came over to my place for a while after we had lunch and then we came back to um, uh, our apartment to just hang out. And it was just the three of us in here and we put on some music and we just sat around and even there were some moments where no one was saying anything. It was just like, fine. It was like, it was like being back at our apartment in college and I think the only thing missing was like a bong just sitting on the coffee table um, anyway very fun great to see those guys the shows were pretty good uh, crazy thing happened to me on Friday night which is I got dehydrated and I fainted and the backstory here is that I had worked all day that Friday and sat first of all I started off running four miles four and a half miles um then I worked in the backyard and I thought I was keeping hydrated but I don't think I was in retrospect um and I was very busy at work and I just had a salad I made myself a quick salad for lunch then when Julie came home at like four thirty, I basically went out the door to go to the shows and I picked up Jason in Midtown and then we went to the show and we met Nate at City Field. Did not eat dinner. So at this point I only have a salad in my body, not much fluids, and I've been outside all day. Uh we had a couple of beers as we do and in in quick succession, again I'm not feeling hungry, I'm not feeling thirsty, which should have been a red flag. So uh first set happens, great. Uh set break, say hi to people. Um and then, like, in the second set, at one point, like, probably just before the drums happened, 
I went to go to the bathroom and I'm waiting in line uh, for the bathrooms and I just started to feel faint and woozy. And I said to the guy next to me, I was like, hey, uh, I think I'm going to fall down. Can I hold on to you? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he and his friends, I, I fainted. I kind of fell and they had me and they walked me to help basically. And I went into the bowels of City Field. I would say it was the medical area and I can remember all this, but also in retrospect, it didn't seem as hugely medical as I would expect. It was just like a room. Um, and I just sat on the floor and people gave me Gatorade and they kind of took care of me. And periodically we tried to stand me up and I couldn't handle it. I would just kind of like knees buckle and go back down. So I was there for the rest of the show, drinking Gatorade and just sitting down. And uh, they finally uh, helped me into an Uber. I paid, you know, I called an Uber on my phone and I got home later and I felt really bad because my friends from out of town didn't know how to, what to do. Uh, you know, they're like, we don't know how to take the subway. And I mean, they could have figured it out, I guess. But, and there's, it's impossible to get a car right after the show. In fact, I don't know how I did it or how the people taking care of me did it. But, um, <clears throat> so they said they just walked around the shakedown part of the lot afterwards, had a couple of beers, had food. They seems like they had a fun time. Um, and then they took cars home at like 2 a.m. So the next day they came over here and they tell me the whole uh, story, backstory. And I was like, wow. And I spent Saturday, like, I wasn't hungover. I was, it's the weirdest thing. I, my body felt dehydrated. And I just bought a lot of Gatorade and coconut water. And throughout the day, I felt better and felt better. And by the time we went to the show, I was feeling pretty well. And we went to my friend Amir Barlev's uh, tailgate. And um, Amir gave me a sandwich. And he was like, you want a beer? And I was like, yeah, I will. That'll help me get back to <laughs> living normal, I guess. And I, yeah, it felt good. Felt good after eating a, a sandwich and having a Corona. So crazy, right? I fainted. I think the last time I had an issue like this at a show was at Sinead O'Connor at the C&E in, um, in Toronto in 1990, where that was just a typical teenage drinking too much thing. But this was a real thing where it's like, wow, uh, not getting any younger and really got to be conscious of things like fluids, especially in this weather. Crazy story, right? Um, but yeah, another war story, I guess. But night two of Dead and Company was fantastic. Uh, a friend of mine from high school who was a year below us uh, at our high school um, in St. Catharines, Ontario, came into town for, uh, the, for the, the Saturday night show. And I have not seen him since the 90s. I'm pretty sure I have not seen him at any point in Toronto, certainly not in New York, in these decades. So at set break, I went and found him and we hung out and it was great to see him. So for for any um, Canadians listening, it was Matt Pickin. So it's great to see Matt Pickin after many, many years. But that's not all for this crazy weekend. Sunday um, came back and... My friend Jeremy Goldstein, former Carroll Gardens Cobble Hill resident. And if you'll recall, I hung out with him in Boulder. He moved to Boulder a few years ago. He was in town. So it's crazy that the two people I saw in Boulder last month were both in New York this past weekend. And um, Jeremy came over to the stoop. And then so did uh, his slash our friends, Allie Mooney and um, her son. And then also our friends, Wes and uh, Liz came. And we just hung out on the stoop. And then 
uh, I bid them adieu, and I drove into the city, and I met my friends Nate and Jason, the out-of-towners, and I took them on a little drive around uptown in the park and stuff, and I took them to LaGuardia. Uh, just, it was just fun to, like, as they said, they were like, we just want to, like, drive in a car. I mean, not to do, we, they had to drive in a car anyway, but I was like, why don't I pick you up? And they said, we're fine. Just listen to music and talking and just, you know, <laughs> I was like, great. No destination. So except for like going to the airport. So great day. And I finished it off by heading back to the neighborhood. I got my hair cut at blue and black. And then I tried the new clam slice at FNF Pizza. And the clam slice is absolutely incredible. Whoa, there's some thunder and lightning happening out there and some rain. Crazy summer weather. Stay hydrated. Um, all right. This has been a long time. We've had a few weeks to catch up on. Let me go through music very quickly here. Albums I listened to. Uh, the Voice of Chunk by the Lounge Lizards. Uh, Lounge Lizards, this is their 80, 1988 album, I think. 89. Lounge Lizards I've been listening to, as you know, because I've read um, my friend Pete Lenby's copy of The History of Bones by John Lurie, his memoir. John Lurie from the Lounge Lizards. Incredible book. Oh, my gosh, so good. And I've been listening to Lounge Lizards, who are also so, so good. Uh, it's uh, If you don't know the Lounge Lizards, it's instrumental kind of like no wave <laughs> jazz fantastic tremblers and goggles by rank by guided by voices new gbv album uh very good this one is more of a sort of like minor key post-punk vibe throughout as opposed to more major key uh stadium anthems uh great album the rules have changed by 3.2 no one in the world i'm sure has listened to this record except for me three if 3.2 is the offshoot of a band called Three from the late 80s. Three consisted of Robert Barry, Keith Emerson, and Carl Palmer. So in the 80s, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer split up. And Emerson and Lake did an album with Cozy Powell, the drummer. And they, it was called Emerson, Lake, and Powell. Good album. Came out in 86. And then a couple of years later, I don't know what happened with that. Like what? why they quote-unquote broke up. But then Keith Emerson goes back to Carl Palmer, and Greg Lake doesn't want to play with them. So they did a thing with—they found this guy named Robert Barry, who was, like, kind of slicker. And he tried to make them into more of, like, the transformation from, like, hardcore prog into, like, radio-ready prog, like the band Asia, who featured, you know, members of, like, Yes and King Crimson. and But Asia was, like, worldwide huge hits. That's what they wanted to do with Three. Absolutely did not work, but I bought three when it came out on CD, and I still have the CD here down in the basement. So they made one album. No one liked it. It was a commercial failure, critical failure. I kind of liked it. I'm sure some people did, but I know that hardcore fans did not like it because it was not. It was too, you know, radio sweet or whatever. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I did some Wikipedia rabbit holing, and I found out that Robert Barry. Uh, continued the band, but uh, had enough respect for Carl Palmer, who's gone, to not name it three. He named it 3.2. And Keith Emerson was going to be involved, but then Keith Emerson died before the first 3.2 album could be made. So there are songs on the first 3.2 album from five, six years ago, which are written with Keith Emerson. But then there's like a second 3.2 album that came out, with it, which is just Robert Berry. Uh, but I listened to the one with Keith Emerson songs on it, and it wasn't bad. It might be <laughs> it's as good as the three album. I en I enjoyed listening to it. And I also kind of enjoyed the fact that I was like, I bet I'm the only person on planet Earth listening to this album right now. 
today. Um, so anyway, 3.2, the rules have changed. Uh, listen to the, this album uh, by Naima Bach called Giant Palm. It's kind of just like very austere folk. And I liked it a lot. Ray Morris has a new album called Rachel at, like at sign, Fairyland. <clears throat> Ray Morris is a singer-songwriter from Blackpool, England. She's probably like 30 now. But 10 years ago, uh, me and Gabe and Gabriel and the Hounds, we did a UK and Ireland tour uh, with Ray Morris when she was like 19. And uh, she was great then. And she, she sort of is like, I don't know what label she's on. She's kind of like on BMG or something, but... It's the kind of thing where there's money enough where she gets like huge names like Sean Everett in L.A. to like mix some tracks and stuff. So she's in that machine somehow. But this this record's quite good. Uh, and I'm happy to see Ray Morris doing well. Listen to Household Name by Mama, M-O-M-M-A, Brooklyn uh, band, kind of like fuzz guitar, surf or like summery rock songs. Really good. And listen to the new re-release Toast or release Toast by Neil Young and Crazy Horse, the 2001 album that I guess never got released, and parts of it went on to uh, Are You Passionate, um, the an actual Neil Young album, but very good. And then for books, as I said, I finished The History of Bones by John Lurie, and I finished this business book. I guess once a year I feel like reading a business book, and I've seen recommended on Twitter this book Build by Tony Fidel who was the guy that sort of led the iPod and iPhone teams at Apple, and he created Nest thermostats. Um, very quick, quick, easy read with a lot of stuff. And as he notes at the beginning, you don't have to read it all. You don't have to read it in order. It's just there. Take what you want from it. And I enjoyed it. Got it from the library. So that was easy enough. And with that, I think we can wrap things up. Going to Rhode Island uh, this weekend, so I'll have more to talk about next time but yeah okay this is like the longest episode in a while so episode 89 this has been of the conrad life report uh and it is again oh it's raining again here by the window thursday july 21st 2022 and remember drink lots of fluids even if you don't think you have to uh otherwise you will faint but if you faint hopefully there will be nice people standing next to you to help out talk to you next time